0: What have you been up to this week, Taylor? Anything good?
1: Yeah, well, you were asking about guitar playing, which I'm doing less of than I want to, but one of the things I'm working on, and stop me if I talked about this already, but uh, is trying to capture a full F chord with no cheating. Are you familiar with the, the challenge of the F chord?
0: No. Let me look it up.
1: F is one of the ones where if you do it right, you're actually playing all six strings... So you need to use your five fingers to capture six different positions on the fretboard. And then, of course, one of those fingers, your thumb, is is behind the neck of the guitar. So the only way to do that is for your index finger to bar the first fret, so it travels all the way across and depresses all six strings. And then your remaining three fingers depress other frets further down the neck. So I was talking to Matt Steinke, and saying, oh, do you have any tips about this? And he was like, yeah, don't don't wuss out. <laughs> you, know, you gotta like, because there's plenty of versions of the F chord, which I think a lot of newbies skip because it's a pain. Either they skip it all together, or they'll play a version that's like three or four notes. So I've been trying to just practice
0: and not take any shortcuts. I see, because the F, the 6 and the 1 are down on the first fret, and the second string is down on the first fret. So you've got 3 down on the first fret, and then, oh, yeah that's juicy and then it's like two three three or something like that in the middle yeah i see there's a good cheat here yeah where you use like the pad of your index finger to hold down one and two and you just leave the top e open
1: boo can't do that (laughs)
0: nice well taylor speaking of guitars Mm -hmm. i received as a holiday gift a guitar kit oh nice you just did
1: one of those right with one of your buddies
0: I did with Jocelyn. Yeah. And so she got me for holidays, a guitar kit, a different one.
1: Oh, uh, she returned the favor. That is super cute. Yeah. You guys have to form a band.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was part of it is we were enjoying practicing together, but we'd have to trade the guitar back and forth and we're like, oh, we should, it would be fun to play. So, yeah. So I'm excited about that. It'd be a new, new project to my life this winter. It really made me decide like coming up with some slightly better spray booth than what I have right now would be a
1: good idea. And what pray tell is your current spray booth?
0: It was a a series of like Amazon boxes <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> cut into an interesting shape. I mean it was pretty good, really. Definitely didn't, you know, could use some more fresh air circulation. I was going to say did it did it actively move air in any way or was it just to catch overspray? Yes, a box fan. Just just to catch overspray. Yeah, so it was a box fan with a filter like an air conditioner filter on it. Oh, you were
1: actually doing it. Did you get this design somewhere? Did you just
0: come up with it? Probably looked on YouTube or something, I think. Mm-hmm you know what oh you know what it is is i started doing the air conditioner filter with a box fan just because my allergies are so bad Mm -hmm. i just wanted to filter the air coming through the window and then i was like oh i can use this as a thing but i i must have also seen someone else do that i probably you know absorbed that dude give yourself some credit yeah They worked pretty good. You know what's interesting though is we did, you know, mini, many, 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 mini, mini, many, mini, many, many, many coats. Like it's it's a
1: oh my gosh, painting is Yeah, and you wrecked the last one, as I recall.
0: Uh yeah, very last one wrecked, and so we had to sand it back down. We wrecked it because the guitar tipped a little bit. You know, when you spray it, it's suspended on a wire and so it starts to rock back and forth. And if you try to like tickle the dragon's tail, yeah. You you explode yourself.
1: One of my favorite references of all time. <laughs> Very Chicago reference.
0: Oh yeah, right. Wait, was it was the Dragon's Tail? Was that at University of Chicago or is that somewhere
1: else? I think so, yeah.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they got that um isn't there like a Henry Moore that looks like a mushroom cloud outside those labs down there?
0: Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, a sculpture. Yeah, it's by the tennis courts over there. Yeah. Too soon, yeah. rob too soon. There's a cool picture of it I've seen that's you know, it just looks like this big concrete block shed underground.
1: Mhm. So Rob, are you following this bizarre this is kind of like a weird tangent makery story, but are you following the Nashville DIY
0: bombing? A little bit. The only thing I know is that of course it was a quote unquote like lone white guy, sixty something years old retiree, but that's all I know.
1: Yes. So apparently he was an IT professional. Uh huh. Okay. So his van, he was inside the van, apparently. And for 15 minutes before it blew up, it was playing on loop, either that or he had had like an announcement system, but it was saying, you know, get away from this car, there's a bomb in it. And then it would be interspersed with the song Downtown, you know, forget all your troubles, forget all your cares. Wow. It's like a Batman villain. But then the other thing I thought was really interesting was he picked a location that didn't have a lot of people in it. And then he gave the warning, but what he did wind up doing was collapsing an AT&T sub-signal station and knocking out internet for a bunch of people. Oh my gosh. Like it was a big enough trunk he knocked out that the airport went down uh-huh. and stuff, and they had to cancel a bunch of flights, but he was an IT guy. And so I was, I'm was i just really curious to see if... I mean, I don't think this is as simple as like a disgruntled story, but if that was kind of his technical underpinning in life, and then he picked that as a target maybe as opposed to people just kind of fascinating to listen to but but it seemed to kind of overlap with uh, our people yeah
0: yeah hopefully we can get some sort of dod spokesman to say the word raspberry pi or something
1: (laughs) yeah super bizarre
0: and like adafruit will have to post a notice like okay okay.
1: yes yes please do that well i think i think adafruit sort of famously i think her uh, capstone project when she was graduating from engineering school was a cell phone jammer Oh, And so she made this thing, but then, you know, because she, she's so dedicated to open source plans, but that was one of the few plans that she wouldn't and couldn't release because I think it was, you know, fundamentally illegal. But it was a device that could fit in a cigarette package or something. And I, uh, if I'm remembering this correctly, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Didn't Cell Phone Jamming just come up and there's a kind of infamous, there's this really great podcast called California City. And, um... <clears throat> There's a infamous uh, kind of land purchasing scam out in the desert out there. And the thing I think they are finally getting busted on is they had bought cell phone jammers and were like...
1: Oh, to devalue the land?
0: So it's one of these deals where like, it's like free four day vacation. You know, all you have to do is take the tour at the inn kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they rope you into buying property that no one wants uh, with no water rights or anything for a ton of money. And they were using cell phone jammers to try to jam your phone so you couldn't, like, look up stuff that they were talking about in the pitch. Oh, fantastic. And so the thing that I think they're finally getting busted on is that because the only thing they could really get them on was this use of, like, an illegal telephony device or whatever. So,
1: mm-hmm. Like busting a Capone on tax evasion. Do you know the famous case in about five years ago where there was a guy... They found that phones were getting jammed routinely, like on a schedule, on the stretch of highway, and it, it just turned out that he was jamming him from his car because he hated seeing other people on the phone or something like that. So, yeah, so I mean, but he had such a regular schedule that they were able to just, you know, take a, a jammer jammer out there or whatever it is and track him down and triangulate him and yeah, he, got, he had to pay a lot of money.
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: And also I saw on Hacker News that they just blasted the first person with a huge fine for drone piloting. I thought that was interesting too. Oh. So somebody kept flying next to an airport and ignored a couple of uh, letters from the FAA or FTC or whoever it was, or both. I think got fined at least hundred grand or something. Yikes. Yeah, so that makes me slightly more nervous when I go out to pilot my piddly little drone. So,
0: (laughs) not a free-for-all anymore. On a previous episode that you got your drone pilot license, and I was wondering what that was like.
1: Uh, So... If you promise to do a couple or don't do a couple of things, so you Uh you stay under 400 feet. Okay. um, You just acknowledge that you can't fly in certain areas where there's other crafts and so on, and that you're not doing it for pay. Then you get this sort of exception license where you don't have to take a test or anything. But I gather that might change sometime soon. I think largely it was just a way to give my um, information to the government and associate it with my equipment. So that if my drone ran into an airplane or something and and they were able to get the physical object, they could trace it back to me.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. Do you get like a little printable PDF card or anything you get to carry it in your wallet?
1: Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to carry it in your wallet and you're supposed to print out a numerical code and just tape it onto the drone or like label maker it on or
0: something like that. That's cool. That sounds almost in some ways also kind of like to be used like, you know, when you chip your pet in case your pet gets lost. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, my guess is that if you lose a drone you're not getting it back. <laughs> right, right, right. And not unlike like a microphone, right? I was going to say, if you leave your <laughs> microphone somewhere.
0: You know, I haven't followed up on that. That should be. You've, you've
1: got to do it. It's, I mean, it's It's probably too late. I would just love to see that loop get closed. Of course, it's easy for me to say because I'm sitting in Chicago.
0: No, that's good. It's good. It would be a neat, super easy drive out there. I like a nice midday bike ride this week for me. So yeah, that's cool. It's a good idea. Do
1: it, man. Call Emily.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I know I was talking to a previous guest who will remain unnamed, who's a drone fan, who really chafed at the idea of sort of signing up with the government. I mean, I I certainly want to keep my drone out of airways and, you know, out of any places where it could cause trouble, Mm -hmm. but it does kind of remind you of the whole, like, privacy should just be a standard generally, even if you have, quote, nothing to hide. There is something that feels a little weird about doing all that, you know, signing up just because you want to fly a little camera around, but
0: who knows? I went ahead and did it. This idea reminds me to loop back to um, the Nashville bombing situation. The one thing I feel like I read was that they figured out who it was because the VIN number on the axle. Oh, interesting. Of the vehicle. Uh, yeah, I didn't know about that. That might have been Timothy McVeigh, but it makes me think. Like people don't really talk about that that much, but like VIN numbers really do a lot of work to trace people back to who did it. You know?
1: I didn't realize there would be one on an axle. I mean, I, I know about the one
0: on the dash and there's usually one on the door. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I feel like that's a great, like where's your VIN.com or something. You could yeah, you look up and see where all the VIN numbers are on a vehicle. I bet it's a good knowledge to have. Huh?
1: I was thinking about a related thing today too. I mean, we keep talking about crime. There's just uh-huh. a bunch kind of in the news, but uh, what was it? I was reading on Reddit about weird things people found and somebody claimed that a friend of his found a Luger, like a World War II era Luger just out on some form- farmland somewhere, and that he cleaned it up and just hung onto it because it was a cool kind of keepsake. And it got me thinking about Chicago. And I think the kind of classic, my understanding of it, I mean, I've never been part of that scene. But the idea is that in Chicago, I think guns are actually really cheap because you can buy guns that have crimes on them already. Yeah. Right. So someone will commit a crime. And then maybe if they know what they're doing, they'll just, you know, lose the gun for 50 bucks to somebody. Mm-hmm. And then it's that person's problem. So yeah, it was interesting thinking about like, oh, You know, if I was magnet fishing and found a gun, you know, from the water, I mean, there's probably like a 99% chance that it's got a terrible crime on it. Yeah, it (laughs) probably does. I wouldn't want to hang on to that. Yeah, it it probably wasn't some
0: do-gooder. Right. I can't stand having this gun.
1: Yes, I'll retire this gun after 20 years of not using
0: it in the lake. (laughs) Did I mention, Taylor, that a few months ago, somebody threw their gun in my yard? You did
1: not bring this up, Rob, and I... (laughs) It's always the best stories that you forget to tell, right?
0: Yeah. It happens to me too. My God, so what happened? Tell that story. I don't remember the full details of it. You know, I was working from home, as many people are. Was this during daylight or late at night? Yeah, yeah, midday, midday, yep. Whoa. My housemate heard some kerfuffle in the alleyway. And then I think what happened, this is, I'm trying to recall a loose collection of facts here. I think what happened is it was somebody... The cops knew. And so there was two guys. And I think what happened was the cops were coming up to talk to him because he was mm. a something I don't know. There was some situation anyway that they wanted to talk to him. And of course, so he was carrying a gun. And so they took off running. And so the cop ran after him and the cop saw him throw the gun over the fence.
1: I see. So you get a cop knock a little bit later.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So my housemate heard the situation and then the police knocked and said, like, hey, we need you to know that there's a handgun in your yard and we need to retrieve it.
1: Whoa. Yeah. Well, that's cool that you didn't have to touch it or call in or anything like that. Yep,
0: yeah, just hung out with the mask on outside while they, you know, scooped it up and put it in a bag. It's
1: tricky because I, I feel, I definitely feel like the last year or so has really made me feel quite uncomfortable with the idea of contacting law enforcement. For sure. But I feel like if somebody threw a gun in my yard, I'd be pretty glad that they were there to take it I don't know, I mean, you actually went through it. What's your perspective?
0: It just reminds me actually of a service I just heard called not nine one one which is pretty cool. Oh, interesting, yeah, yeah, it's a cool. It's sort of a directory. I think it's only for New York. I heard the person has an art practice, so I want to try to have them come on the podcast. yeah, for sure. um, let me just look up who it is really quick
1: not nine one one dot n y c yes uh emergent works, yeah,
0: that's right thanks.
1: Code cooperative that's cool. Oh, it was called Code Cooperative.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: That suggests that it's a number of people. You thought it was a single individual?
0: The person I heard about was, was um yeah, Alex Kin, Q-U-I-N, Q-I-N. One of the co-founders was interviewed, and they talked about the project. Emergent Works seems like a really cool organization. Uh, we'll link to it in show notes so people can check it out. Emergent Works is a nonprofit software company that trains and employs formerly incarcerated people. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I think I think I would call the police and say like hey there's a gun in my yard because of covid i'm not coming out but you can come and get it <laughs> mhm right but it's hard right cuz like they could totally knock on my door and be like why did like it could it could go bad sure yeah it's one thing to think like well the person could come back for it right and so it would be good if they are hanging around to see someone retrieving it to know like oh it's it's gone you know yeah because I don't want anybody coming back in my yard to fetch their gun.
1: (laughs) Well, because also it just landed on the concrete, right? Like, this wasn't... That's right, yeah. It wasn't like it got ditched in some bushes or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't really have any grass anyway, and and he threw it over our very tall fence. It has barbed wire across the top. (laughs) And that's why the cops had to knock, because they couldn't actually access it, probably, without asking us.
1: Yeah, I uh, I wonder if anybody does that. Like, they just would show up at someone's door and say, Hey, um... I threw my gun over your fence. Can I go get it? Like, imagine if someone said that to you. I think that there's a non-zero chance where you'd be like, well, yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, because then they would take, presumably take it and go away. But I don't know. That would really, man, that would be weird.
0: That would be weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sure. Yeah. That weirdness (laughs) was the thing I was worried about. I was like, they could try to hop the fence at night or something to get it. I mean, I assume they just took off. The gun wasn't that valuable to them because they threw it over the fence anyway. It does make you process kind of all the different possibilities.
1: Well, it's an argument I've made in Chicago that if you're in the right kind of community or the wrong kind, depending on how you look at it, I mean, guns are cheap and plentiful. Yeah. Um, and I think I think one really common vector is, you know, if you have a sibling that's incarcerated, there's just a gun under their bed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so, so guns are, are relatively easy to access, depending. So, you know, there's all the hubbub about, you know, CNC machines that can make repeaters out of non-repeaters or you know, illegal conversions or whatever, but it just requires, you know, thousands of dollars of kit to start you up. And A, people have been machining gun parts for a lot longer than they've been 3D printing gun parts. And B, in Chicago, you can probably get a,
0: you know, a shite
1: handgun for pennies on the dollar. So I'm told. This is
0: all anecdotal. A much bigger political gesture, socio-political gesture than an actual, like, feasible thing to do.
1: Oh, yeah, not understanding the technology leads to a bunch of, yeah, huffing and puffing. Yeah. And maybe not a lot of, you know, useful decision making.
0: It's tubes, Rob. It's a series of tubes. Mm-hmm. The internet. Whatever, that guy passed away, right? Oh, did he? Alaska Senator. Too soon? No, not too soon. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he died in a plane crash. Shoot. Really? Hmm. I still have that shirt back when that was a popular thing to have.
1: Yeah, was that about 10 years ago that happened, or was it boring? If only there was a way we could find Ted out. Ted
0: Stevens from Alaska. Yeah. Posing network neutrality. Oh, man. Yeah, 2006. You know, 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. Died in 2010, so that's closer to 10 years. I think, yeah, died in an airplane crash. I feel like the number of people in Alaska who die in airplane crashes is really high.
1: Sure. Uh, I just heard the other day that there's a nickname for those pipers or whatever called like CEO killers or something. Oh my gosh! Awesome. You get those little teeny <laughs> pleasure craft are just so much more likely to have something go sideways. Wow, which is kind of amazing, right? I mean, to think yeah. about that larger vehicle in the sky is the one that's less likely to have a problem. That's kind of kind of wild.
0: Yeah, that is weird. You no, know,
1: I've got another uh, another technology and crime thing to bring up. Great. Yeah, we did we didn't plan this, but it's just going down this rabbit hole.
0: Going pretty good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I, I watched an incredible recreation today that the New York Times put out of the Breonna Taylor killing by the uh, police in Kentucky, and they did a really amazing job. So they went, I guess none of the police had their body cams on, right? However, after the fact, the SWAT team came through and like walked through and pointed out, you know, here's the bullet holes, and here's you could like see how the space was set up. So they made a 3D model of the apartment complex, and then they actually recreated exactly the trajectory of all, I think it was 36 shots, and sort of showed where Taylor's boyfriend was and where she was, and then yeah, recreated the entire night. And the fact that, you know, the SWAT team was unaware that this was taking place and had to come over there and there was no ambulance present, even though there was supposed to be. Anyway, it's it's about 18 minutes long. And it's just, I mean, of course, it's it's maddening and horrible to watch, but but really informative, and I think worth everybody checking out.
0: Wow. I'm hesitant to say that's cool, but it's really a great use of something more than just text, you know? Well, sure.
1: I mean, it's the same, you know, my, my awkward phrasing talking about the Nashville bomber, that's sort of our people. I mean, I think what we're talking about is people speaking in this language of technology and it interfacing with, as it does, mm-hmm. with every aspect of life, whether it's politics or, you know, the ability to get ahead if you're from a minority community or law enforcement. I mean, it's technology is everything, bro, at least as far as I'm concerned. Um, So it's really fascinating to see it, you know, come up a thousand different ways. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Even as it's emotionally charged and often terrible.
0: Yes. I was thinking, Ted, when we were talking about people finding that person who was jamming signals uh, along the freeway in Florida yeah that like triangulation now also was such an important part of like location detection if you can triangulate a signal it's like a very quick way of pinning down where it's coming from and because i'm a radio dork i still love listening to like internet enabled scanners i've talked about those on the podcast before but and that like a lot of number stations have been like much more clearly identified where they're coming from because like you can have scanners all over the world listen on the same frequency at the same time and then Based on signal strength, figure out where the number stations are. And many of them have confirmed suspicions like, oh, this one's in Cuba or this one's in whatever. So it's mm-hmm. pretty cool.
1: So, Rob, we should probably wind it up. Yeah. I got to go run and furiously type out a recommendation letter before passing unconscious.
0: <laughs> we don't want that. Tis the season for the recommendation letter. Oh, yeah. For better or worse. Uh, Listener, we'd like to send you an opposable thumb sticker if you share a podcast episode. Oh, wait, Taylor, we didn't say who we are. We probably should.
1: Well, also, we could just say that today is an unusual episode. We tend not to uh, grab guests for the holiday. So we're just checking in and talking about sort of topics that intersect with making and technology.
0: That's right. He's Taylor. I'm Rob. There we go. Boom. Listener, we'd like to send you an opposable thumb sticker. If you share a podcast episode on social media, rate us on iTunes, send smoke signals, or some other cool thing to let people know about the podcast, we will mail you a sticker. Just contact us on Instagram at opposable underscore podcast or at our email at opposable podcast at opposablepodcastgmail.com. We'd like to give a shout out to Wesley Ellis, Charlene McBride, Adam Mayer, Deb Chatra, Blondie Hacks, Nick kantar Walter Godendu, and David Bellhorn. They're our top Patreon supporters. And I just wanted to give a shout out to all those supporters they've been with us all year long and so i just wanted to say thanks for that yeah if you'd like to join them in our league of patreon supporter badasses please go to patreon.com slash opposable thumbs to sponsor us anything you can donate really helps keep the podcast going our podcast is dedicated to providing harassment free experience for everyone regardless of race gender age sexual orientation disability physical appearance body size knowledge of subject matter or religion or lack thereof we actively support an inclusive environment and we want you to be a part of it you can check out our full code of conduct over at our site Taylor, you got anything you want to uh point people towards on the way out here? Oh, you just find my work at
1: taylorhokinson.com and I think I'm on Instagram as hokinson taylor where I'm a little more active right now. Nice. And uh yeah, be aware. Think about technology, don't do crime. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know, you want to make a more eloquent conclusion than me. Don't get caught.
0: <laughs> Heyo. <laughs> 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 I have a question for our listeners if they know anything i would love to hear about it because i've done some research and i don't have any good great answers yet i am looking for a format to stream a dj show on like a, a platform it seems like a lot of people use twitch but twitch has been cracking down i think because you don't have permission to play someone else's music
1: you could also do it on reddit
0: now do people dj on reddit
1: yeah right reddit's got this like streaming thing so if you're on the phone app, generally the streams show up. Every time you refresh the app, the streams are right near the top. Oh. So people have to donate seconds to you to keep you on the air. So it's kind of like a personality contest, or popularity rather, but it's been really heavy on DJs lately. So it's, it's something you might check out. Wow. Some really performative stuff too, like people in LED masks with smoke effects and all this crazy stuff.
0: Whoa, that's right up my alley yeah dang oh that's cool thank you taylor that's great also people if anyone else has any ideas or if i should just like roll my own thing that's fine too but just looking for people's opinions or things they've had success with or things they think would be cool so yeah taylor happy new year
1: yeah back at you i'll I'll catch you catch you in 2021 oh well you're a little bit older than me but we're still far too young to get the jab anytime soon so that's right you know keep those masks on
0: that's right keep them on folks just a little bit longer we can do this we got it also shout out to all of our guests over the past year just have to say it it's been really great we've really tried to dig back in and have more guests on the show here in the last part of the year so we want to keep that going so thanks Mm mm-hmm